Calling Dallas Hobbs. Starting defensive tackle for your Washington State Cougars. Welcome back to the episode of Let Me Tell You. Today we have a great guest. We have Dallas Hobbs, defensive tackle for your Washington State Cougars. Thanks for coming on. Of course, of course. Thanks for having me. All right, so why don't you give the listeners a 30-second elevator pitch about yourself? Let's see. I guess 30 seconds is quick. But anyways, I'm a redshirt junior, play defensive tackle at Washington State. I'm a digital technology and culture major. I'm originally from Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Spent some time in Massachusetts for a year. And yeah, I guess that's the quickest one to really introduce myself in a way I could go off on a tangent about a lot of those things. But yeah, I guess we'll probably hit some of those. We will. All right. So obviously yesterday was National Signing Day. Congrats to everyone who signed their letter of intent. But your route to WSU was a little different than everyone else. You took a prep year. So you, after high school, you graduated high school and you went on to Deerfield Academic Prep, I believe it was called. What went into that decision and what did you hope to gain from that? Deerfield Academy was, you know, something I didn't really know much about. And a lot of people, especially on the West Coast, in the Midwest, don't really know much about the postgraduate year. And, you know, they know a little bit about the prep school. That's mainly from movies and a few of, you know, the big name ones like IMG, St. Thomas Aquinas, some like some like those. Um, but those are more like sports dominated prep schools, whereas mine's, you know, a traditional boarding school started way back in shoot a long time ago <laughs> is all I know I know it's one of the original um, boarding schools but anyways really how I got to that route I was lucky to have a family friend who was the athletic director out there um, and he reached out to my my family and just said the whole thing about Deerfield and what it's about what a postgraduate year is and, you know I was kind of up in the air for a little bit just because I didn't know what it was but at the time I guess I'll jump back a little bit I tore my meniscus my junior year of high school, which really is kind of a big year because that following year, you really go to all those camps, um, the college camps in the summer. I wasn't able to participate in that. Um, so it kind of stunted my recruiting at the time. So I came back senior year, no offers on the table, was definitely undersized. I think I was probably 215 coming into my senior year of high school. And I think maybe a month into the season, I started picking up some stuff. You know, there was a few D3s, um, and then some of the JUCOs hopped on board. And then about a month in, I got an offer to South Dakota, which, you know, is a, a pretty good school. But, you know, I always thought I could definitely hit a higher level. I just, you know, I played four sports in high school, so I never had that ability to mature for my body. Playing all those sports, you really can't do that that much. But anyways, back to the Deerfield, I saw that opportunity and kind of thought like, hey, here's this opportunity where I could go out here, probably obtain the same or if not better, which I was hoping for offers or universities to play at. And so I was like, I might as well take this chance. I'm trusting myself. I don't think I would drop lower than what I already have. So I really just, you know, took the opportunity to go out there and use that year to get bigger, get stronger and just mature in the the right ways and hopefully something comes out of that and that's what happened you know the old co coaching staff coach Grinch coach Sage coached at University of New Hampshire with my head coach at Deerfield so that kind of helped you know he was able to send my film there and that's really how that opportunity came and I guess to throw it in right before that I was committed to the University of Connecticut that was my I guess highest offer in a program that was trying to get on the rise you know with coach Diaco who ended up going to Nebraska um, we had a good thing going there, so I was really excited about that. But that coaching staff left, which brought the opportunity for Washington State, who came in kind of late. 
but very grateful. And that's, that's where I'm at now. Great opportunity I had. That's great. So obviously the fifth year worked or the prep year worked obviously. Yeah. So COVID changed everyone's life. I'm stuck at home this semester. So what has the season been like for you and obviously the football team? I guess you could kind of compare um, back to everyone's life and everything that's happening right now. You know, just a lot of unknowns, especially at the beginning, you know, we didn't know exactly what was happening. And just because it was a mess, just like everything else that was happening in the world at the time due to COVID and due to a lot of the unknowns. So let's see, what would we leave in March for spring break? And, you know, we kind of thought, hey, it might be an extra week or so that we're going to be at home, you know, you thought about it and you're like, oh, this is this is kind of nice, you know, um, it was a little time to relax. And then, you know, it got to three weeks, then it got to a month. And you're like, all right, I've had enough time off now. Um, but then it jumped up to higher time, I think, what was it? I think it ended up being like three months until we got back to campus, we got back in uh, like June or something. But you know, at the time, especially in June, we really had no clue what was going on. You know, there was some some stuff of canceling the season, some stuff of, you know, playing in the spring. There was a, a whole a whole lot of stuff going on right there. So I would say um, it definitely was very interesting, you know, coming into the season, not knowing what to expect um, and not having the full plan out in front of us. Like, you know, we usually know our schedule. There's usually no game cancellations, you know, right. um, so that's how it went. And then, you know, obviously a lot of other things on my side of the plate ended up happening with uh, We Are United um, and everything happening around that, that changed up some stuff, but I think was really great. Does this season feel like a real season? The year, we're canceling games you hear every year at college. Oh, we've scheduled this game 12 years in the future. It can't be moved. Now we're just picking up games. Does this feel real? I mean, obviously it is a real season, but yeah. I would say, you know, it, it definitely in the aspect of actually playing, if we're talking just straight up football, like hopping on the field, um, lacing up your cleats and get it out there, it does feel real. You know, there's nothing that has changed from that that sense of things. We go out there and you kind of zone in and have the tunnel vision on the game. You know, a lot of people ask me like, hey, how's it without the fans? And you're like, you really don't notice until, you know, you see a big hit, you see a big play or anything like that. And that's where you kind of lose that fan atmosphere. And then you kind of look back and you're like, oh, wait, there's no one here. Even though there's that fake crowd noise, but obviously, you know, it's it's a lot different. So you kind of kind of have to come into it with your team having a lot of, you know, energy and having that energy spread onto the rest of the team. And I think that's something that's very beneficial. You know, you, you felt that in the Oregon State game. There's major um, team energy, team chemistry that was really creating big moments. And even without the fans, you know, we kind of were like, hey, you know, you don't really notice the fans. And then there's some moments you're like, oh, crap, no fans here. So, but yeah, back to your question, it definitely feels like a real season in the sense that, you know, we're still on the field playing and doing those things. But the little things outside of it are kind of like a lot to handle at sometimes. Right. Yeah. So the cardboard Clay Thompson is not giving you guys a spark, the energy for no. you guys? The, the whole, I think there's a whole, I think Gardner's over there, Clay's over there, a couple other former players are over there. Um, there's a, there's a pet section over there, but you know, we also only have played one home game. So yeah. <laughs> that we, we haven't even had the, the Martin cardboard hype. It's disappointing, but you know, I do appreciate you guys. It is challenging playing during a pandemic. I appreciate the risk you guys are taking because I'm stuck at home. So I appreciate being able to watch Cougar football, whatever it's on and be like, Oh, look, there's a, 
there's some semblance of normalcy for me. So I appreciate that on your guys' end. What are the challenges of preparing for a game and then having it called off at like the last second, like Cal was a week or two ago? It's something, you know, we kind of, I to that extent where it got, got called off right before we haven't had something like that. But, you know, you kind of realize, you know, at the start, we knew that there were some issues like that and it could happen. So you kind of had to switch your motive to just keep preparing, you know, put all those things aside, you know, cause you always have to stay ready. That's been, you know, a big topic of this season was, you know, staying ready next man up and just making sure we're prepared, you know, cause if we're thinking like, oh, what's happening over there. And, you know, if we think about it too much, you know, you're not gonna be prepared for if it actually happens. So you, you never want to think like that. And that's something, you know, it, it happened at moments, but I think we were able to reel it back in and really, realize like, hey, we always got to stay focused and make sure we're ready for whatever's to come. So it is tough when that is around you, like, especially when you do hear that there's been some stuff happening at this school or that school. And it's like, shoot, I hope that hasn't happened. But like I said, you kind of have to push it to the side and just keep moving forward and just keep taking each practice one by one and just getting better. So shifting gears a little bit, before the We Are United and COVID movement, a lot happened to set up that movement. Colin Kaepernick, NFL players took a knee, NBA players said they wouldn't go back in the bubble, and then eventually grew to the Bucks not playing following the shooting in Kenosha. Did you see these as inspirations of things to come or players finally having a platform and use their voice to make a difference? I'd even um, go back to some other things of how, you know, Colin Kaepernick obviously started a, what, four years back when he took yeah. that first knee. So that was major and a lot of people didn't notice, even myself, you know, I kind of knew why it was happening, but you don't fully understand until um, this pileup of everything that really happened in the spring this year. And then you really go and see, you know, a lot of these NFL players, like you said, NBA players are standing up, creating this platform to speak up and show that, hey, we do have a lot of power. Uh, the platform we have is special uh, and we can create a lot of important situations from that and whatever we speak about on our platform and the positivity. So I think that's something that's really great to see all these players speak out as well as these major companies, big brands posting part of the, the movement. You know, some of it is formative activism. So, you know, some of them are just trying to fit the status quo, but it's, it's something that's, that's major. Cause you know, we haven't seen this many um, professional teams, companies, players, put all this information out there on Instagram, on Twitter to talk about these issues. So I think that's something major to look at and just see how a sports world that, you know, at the time was put on pause and then came back and then it lost focus of a lot of the issues that were happening, but then they were able to realize like, Hey, we have this platform to speak about things. So I think that's just great to just show how powerful sports are, how powerful social media is. So I think that was very beneficial and really was something I was watching and didn't know it'd be, you know, something that I'd have to look at when I started creating this platform through We Are United. Right. And even touching on brands like Ben and Jerry's was very active. You don't think of them being like the, uh, the creators, founders of Ben Jerry's were arrested at a protest and it was just, and they made the social, I don't remember what the flavor was, but it was a Black Lives Matter nope. social justice flavor. I don't remember what it was, but they were actually true to their message and they were obviously not just going for the social clout they could have got. But then how did you get involved with the We Are United movement or that we want to play? The We United movement really started uh, by conversations. You know, one of my good friends, Dylan Boyles, who played at Stanford, uh, is also from Iowa. So he kind of just, you know, we always stay in touch. And he reached out to me just to ask, like, hey, what are you guys doing? What's happening? Just around, you know, COVID and, you know, how we were being 
brought back and no one really knew what was exactly happening. So it started by that, you know, then I got in some Zoom calls with the other guys and football players around the Pac-12 to really talk about what was happening at our schools, you know, talk about all the issues, good and bad. And that's really how I got involved. And it started as, you know, just conversations. And then it moved to trying to bring on some more people and really understand everyone's experiences. And then when we realized, you know, it wasn't just COVID health and safety standards, it pushed on to, you know, economic injustices, racial injustices, health. And there was a lot of those, I guess you could say demands, but the list we put out there that we were discussing all these issues that were very important. Once you look into them and do the research, get the education and they're informed by them. They're actually very amazing things that shouldn't be something that we really have to fight for and should be definitely put in place or, you know, talked about some more. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I didn't think they, I thought demands was a, it already was a negative connotation surrounding it. Like you guys were asking too much. Like they were very reasonable. The majority mm-hmm. of the requests were just like, we want health insurance or football's a contact sport is dangerous. Like mm-hmm. there's a risk inherently to it. That, that's, they weren't absurd requests. And I, I was all for the, we are United movement. I was, I backed that. I mean, I don't have a lot of social power, but I was for it. Thought it was good what you guys were doing. Were you ever worried about I get the repercussions of putting your name on because you made the graphic. It was a great graphic. But were you ever worried about the repercussions? Because it was uncertain players hadn't really ever spoke up before that. Yeah, no one really spoke up to this, I guess, this level in a way. So there wasn't really anything to really, you know, look at and say like, oh, this could happen or this could happen or, you know, what if I do this? So really, once I got educated and informed on everything that was going wrong around these situations, I really was like, you know, I can't just put this to the side, you know, I could have easily stopped attending the Zoom calls, got out of the group chats and did all that. But it was more like, you know, I saw all this happen and I was like, I have to act on it. I've done a lot of time right now in college athletics, so I've seen it all and I understand it. So it's like, at that time, I was like, I really got to push for this. You know, this is, this is stuff that can create generational change for the next college athletes and push for some amazing things that you know, would make their experience better in all different types of ways. So it was more like, hey, I know something bad could happen out of this. There could be repercussions, especially to the level, you know, that I was taking it, you know, I was, I was being vocal, I was taking charge in a lot of ways, you know, so I knew there would be issues with it. Why not let all this out instead of, you know, standing back, you know, this is something that's very important. So I, I took the chance, you know, and I think it was something that's very beneficial. And with all the, you know, some bad comments and stuff we did have, we had an amazing amount of support and good things happened. So I would say it was definitely worth it and excited to see, you know, what happens um, around all of it. Right. I mean, even in the immediate future, Utah State and Colorado State, I don't know if you heard about it, but Utah State just opted out of their game against Colorado State because of comments made by their president towards their interim coach. Like even a year ago before this, they wouldn't have probably been able to opt out of the the game and I was for that I mean yeah you should stand up it was a I don't I didn't hear the comment but they were the, the president apologized it was not great not a great look for Utah State but they opted out and they did actually they got to use their power and I appreciated that not just the seeing the student athletes being treated as students and not just people who earned a scholarship and you have to go shut up and play football for us on TV I think you guys did a wonderful thing and will obviously end of work to help future generations of college athletes so Mad props to you guys. I appreciate that. Yeah. So I actually kind of have some beef with you right now. So I'm taking Com 210, and every Tuesday, 
my TA would pull up Twitter and say, all right, let's look at some good projects over the weekend. And every single Tuesday, she would pull up your project and say, this Dallas guy is really good. And we all said, yeah, we, we know he's good at graphic design. We get that. And then he, she'd pull up like mine two days. She'd be like, this, this is not what you want to do. So I appreciate you making me look bad in class. So it's real nice. I, I, I'm sorry about that, but you probably what have, have bumped into the graphics just a little bit. Nothing, nothing too crazy. No, I'm not. Yeah. So exactly, you know, I, I, everyone starts, I started off designing on my phone. Now I think I have almost five years under my belt. So that's definitely, definitely what happened there. So it comes with, you know, time. But. <laughs> okay. So speaking of that, after you graduated from Wazoo, uh, you're thinking, what does the future hold? NFL or like graphic design work? What are you thinking? Yeah, definitely. If I, you know, I'm definitely going to push for the NFL because, you know, I've made it to this level. Why not push for the next level? So sure. No, that's always in the forefront, definitely setting myself up. So, you know, if that doesn't pull through, you know, I have a lot of other backup plans, you know, whether it's graphic design work, clothing design, podcasting, <laughs> that's on the way here soon. And just a lot of other stuff, you know, I'm really involved with a lot of things. I like to stay busy. So I've really ventured into a lot of different areas. And I'd say that's really due to COVID. All the bad that has happened, it allowed me to have um, personal growth and just do some things different. You know, I had three months off of football, you know, that's usually something that I'm consumed by and always focused on. But I had this opportunity to step away, from, not completely, obviously, you know, working right. out, meeting, not practicing and all that stuff. I had the opportunity, you know, get into a lot of other areas of work. So, you know, I don't know exactly where my future right. outside of sports is going to be, but definitely something in graphic design or you know, running to my own business or something like that. So it's all over the place. Right. I mean, no college student knows what they want to do out of college. <laughs> so it's good. All right. So you ready for the speed round? Yeah. All right. Ferdinand's ice cream or Cougar Gold? I've actually, actually, I'm, I'm lying about that. I was about to say I never had Ferdinand's, but I think I had it for the first time like a month or two ago, but definitely ice cream over cheese. Okay. What's your flavor? Usually Oreo cookie. Okay. That's a solid flavor. Won't, won't fight you on that one. Favorite restaurant in Pullman? Uh, birch and barley birch and barley yeah i haven't been there everyone says i have to go but i'll go there what was your initial reaction to pullman right off the plane pulling up for the first time so right off the plane i actually had to do spokane to pullman so i did oh, that okay. drive it was early in the morning so i really didn't see much but you know being from iowa you know the reactions aren't that much different you know there's it's obviously better over here with all the hills and a little bit of geography change but you know, just being from Iowa, I can't say much. It's not like I came from, I came from a city like Spokane. So I can't say that Pullman, I guess this isn't a speed round technically, but I can't say anything bad about Pullman just being from Iowa. There's a lot to compare to it, but I would say initial reaction. I guess I could say not exactly what I expected. I thought it was more like Spokane. So trees and everything, not the rolling hills. It's not like I, I Googled what's Pullman, Washington look up, look like on my way over there. No, I just kind of surprised myself. Yeah, that was my reaction. Just completely surprised. Wasn't expecting it. So uh, if you could play any other sport in college, what would you play? Basketball was initially my main sport outside of football, but it'd either be basketball or baseball, probably. I mean, I guess I could say track too, because I was on the track team my freshman year. I threw shot put uh, just for a little bit. It didn't end up working out with my schedule. But what position do you play in basketball and baseball? A center in the a center in the old style of basketball, you know, I don't think I could play basketball these days because, you know, anyone, if you're not over, what, 6'11 now, you you have to have some type of ball handling skills, minor yeah. subpar. But yeah, I played center, power forward for basketball. And then 
baseball was pitcher and first base. All right. So what TV show are you watching right now? Right now, right now it's Vikings. Vikings? I guess watching TV for me is kind of different. I just watch it on the plane when I get time. Um, otherwise, there's not much time to watch TV. But right now it's Vikings. Vikings? Okay. Which is Solid. actually pretty good. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. I've got Prime. I'll check that out. All right. So do you have any social media, anything you want to plug? Yeah, uh, I guess. I can plug in uh, just my Twitter account is dhobs92. That's just my personal account. Um, and then for Instagram and Twitter, they're the same, I believe. It's just Hobbs Design, so H0BBS, and then Designs. And that's just where all my graphic design stuff is. Final one on Instagram is just Hobbs Photo, and that's just some photography stuff. Haven't really played with that that much, but that's about it for social media platforms. All right, I will make sure to link those all in our episode description. Thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate yeah, of it. Thank you for having yeah. me. Listen, I love Walker, but he looked like he was 18 or 19. He looked like a young guy. Man, yeah. you should have done this guy right. What, I get him a stripper? What do you want no, me to do you here? Buy him I, mean, a I, make, I get him a prostitute? What do you 